This is the Big O Money Show with Bill Altman from the Premier Advisory Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Bill provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. Your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is the Big O Money Show with Bill Altman. Welcome to the Big O Money Show with me, Bill Altman, co-host Tony Shore here from the Premier Advisory Group and another special guest that we have on this week, Luke Mitchell. Cornhusker Bank, and and this isn't the first Cornhusker Bank person that we've had on. We've had right. Alan on twice. We had Alan on last time with Carissa talking about one day without shoes, or what are they called? One day, or what's the new branding for it? I forget. Yours is the one day without shoes. One day without shoes. Okay, so yep. it, um, they're a, a great organization. They're headquartered out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, started by a, a private family, I think, right in Lincoln, right? Yep. And they still own it. Still family owned. Still family owned. Great bank. We've done uh, business with Cornhusker for a while. We've had a lot of clients do business with Cornhusker. Alan is more on the commercial side. So he was talking to you about that. Carissa is on the marketing side. Luke's on like the 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 uh, the retail mortgage side. Is that right? Yep. Home mortgage. Home mortgage. Yeah. So home mortgage. And in, 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 which is really important. And somebody was in here earlier this week, Tony, asking me about, uh, they said they were listening to the show, but then we were talking about real estate with Danielle and they're like, I didn't know how that really tied in. And it does tie in. It all ties into finances and, uh, and I'll work with Luke and I'll work sure. with a client uh, who's like trying to buy a house. We were working with somebody recently and want to pay all cash for her house. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And she has a bunch of IRA money and, and she could afford to pay cash for the house and she wouldn't be strapped afterwards at all, actually. But she would have to pay taxes on all that money that she pulled out of her IRA, right, to to Yikes. buy this new house. And yeah. then she's going to be up in another social security bracket and all these other things start playing a role that sometimes people don't think about. So sure. regardless if it's, um, if it's trying to figure out the proper mortgage strategy for you, whether we're looking at 15 or 30 years or adjustable rates or, you know, how long we need to hold it or amortization schedules that make the the proper sense for someone, how much they can afford. We have our own Andrew Galvin here, Luke, that's Luke's been working with. Well, Danielle's been working with a lot, trying to find him a house. And so many people come in and pay cash right off the bat for these homes, like investors, and they're beating people out because they're saying all cash, no appraisal, quick close, and basically we'll pay you whatever you want for the thing. And that's kind of a scary thing, right? And it, and, and for people like Andrew, it puts Andrew out of the mix, you know, where he right. can buy it. So, so when we're talking about financial planning or wealth management, um, especially when real estate is typically or a lot of people's largest asset, it's a very, very important part of sure. retirement planning yeah. and, and overall financial planning. Right. Let me jump in and say uh, to if somebody out there thinks, well, why would you spend a whole show talking about the real estate market or uh, talking to a realtor? What does that have to do with finances? Well, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. Uh, real estate and mortgages and homes are a huge part of our nation's economy as well and what's going on right now. 
I mean, it ties into interest rates. It ties into, like you just said, it's a major asset that people have. And finances are all about assets, whether that asset is in the stock market or in a home or in real estate or rental property. Uh, the housing market is a huge part of our economy. I mean, in fact, it's, it's caused recessions before and it's part of upswings. When people are buying houses, the economy is great. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it really does have a huge impact. Absolutely. So, Luke, welcome. Uh, we've appreciated working with you all these years. You're a top producer. You're number one in Lincoln last year. You're number two in the state of Nebraska. You wrote about wow. $100 million in mortgages. Congratulations to you. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate being on. What's going on with the whole housing market and the mortgage market and COVID, how that affected things? It's It's been crazy. I tell people that 2019 was our biggest year by about 50% because interest rates had dropped and that was pre-COVID. So then COVID enters the mix, rates drop further and everybody refinanced twice or three times. That's crazy. <laughs> I know my wife and I did. Sure. Yeah. And so- at the same time, we've seen inflation in house prices. So the, the cost, as you mentioned, Bill, all these factors are driving up the price of homes. But the flip side of that was affordability was still pretty good because mortgage rates were at all-time historic lows, which actually probably added a little bit of fuel to the fire because it's easy to spend an extra 10000 bucks when you look at that did, what that would do to your monthly payment. And it wasn't too significant. So now we're starting to see uh, as interest rates have increased over the last few months, we're starting to see that affordability crunch. And we're looking at national numbers showing that affordability is starting to uh, become significantly uh, more of a problem. As prices go up and interest rates go up, it really squeezes that monthly payment. And, and they're still going up the prices. Correct. It seems like, I mean, they're not fully stabilized and interest rates are still going up. I mean, so what are we seeing right now on a 30-year fixed? 30-year mortgages are in the lower fives. Lower fives and 15? Uh, mid fours. Mid fours still, which really is still really, really Very good. good. Right? Yeah, that's really good. My first in, in Arizona was, uh, I think, six and a quarter or six and a half on a 30-year fix. And Luke knows me. I'm always, you know, he's always like, hey, let's do this or that. or And I'm like, oh, my dad always said go with the... <laughs> You know, this or that. I'm a fairly conservative guy. And I'm actually a 15-year guy. And, I, and I'm also the guy that says, I need to pay this thing off as fast as possible. And Luke's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, because, but think about it, though. I mean, he has me in a, and this was uh, issued back in, I think, 2000, because uh, we never did refinance. We got 275 in 2016, in May of 2016 wow. at 2.75 on a 15-year fixed. You know, but I think about it and it's like, heck, there's nine years left on the thing, you know, and just kind of is what it is. And then it's paid for. But if I were to pay that faster or just try to pay it off altogether, I mean, can't you make more than 2.75 on your investment somewhere? I would hope so. Yeah. And, and maybe not people are saying, well, not this year, Bill, but hey, let's not just think about this year or this quarter. It's a, a funny thing. Mark Heights, who is president of American Investors, Ameris Group turned to Aviva, turned to Athene, big organization, life and annuity group out of Kansas, told me when I was interning 20-some years ago, you know, about, ar about arbitrage and making sure that you're utilizing money the proper way. Um, that was one of the things. I'll never forget that kind of stuff. Um, and, and you see that all the time. You see people like, like we just talked about the lady, one of our clients who just wanted to pay all cash for it. And it's like, 
well, geez, you you know, you're 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 averaging, you know. I mean, since inception, she's up in the eight eight nine ten percent on her portfolio, and she's still at a four and a half percent interest rate on a mortgage. Heck, that's a lot of spread. But I also understand the other side of the coin where somebody just wants no debt at all. Sure. Right? But and sometimes that doesn't horizon. make sense. Your time horizon has a big yeah. a big deal to play into that. You know, obviously, if you're a younger person and you've got um, 30 years before retirement, then maybe b- the debt's not a bad thing. And over 30 years, if you look back at almost any period in history, I think you're probably up right more in the market than you would be on whatever you're paying for mortgage rates, even at today's rates that you know, we think are high relatively compared to recent years. Right. Yeah. But you know, and if salt, if, if the salt tax issue, uh, gets changed, which we think it kind of will probably right now we're capped at what 10 grand for state and local taxes that we can, that we can write off. And and that's supposed to increase, uh, I I've heard numbers like 80,000. I don't know if you've heard anything, I haven't, but I've heard some different numbers and proposals where they want to take that away because people are like, well, here in Nebraska, we have really high property taxes, right? So, right. I mean, if you have a half a million dollar house, you're any, anywhere from twelve to what fifteen thousand dollars in property taxes. You know, to ten at the very low, but I don't think you're down to ten. You know, but you think about that. So, on every, I know, I know everybody's not sitting here with a million dollar house just for numbers, though. You're at twenty five thousand bucks a year in property taxes. Twenty five thousand dollars is your rent to the county to the state, right? Crazy, right? And and, and so by having a mortgage and you can itemize, you're able to deduct a lot of different things um, like your interest, Correct. you know, on, on the home. So that's another big piece, another big uh, tax piece. And then that's true. a lot of people also, when they purchase their home and if they were to pay all cash, this is what I think at least is they don't have the liquidity on the other side. Right. And so if they pay $300,000 for a house, they could have put that $300,000 to work for them. It could have been cushion. It could have been something else, collateral somewhere else, an investment somewhere else. If they got a rental house, that's been really hot. Definitely. Uh, have you had any experience, Luke, with um, uh, with these REITs that are coming in and buying up all these homes? I don't know that we're seeing it as much in our market, but I know nationally that that's been a big deal. They view the single family home as an asset class. Sure. Now, and I don't think we've seen that in the past. No. And, and, and I think here in Omaha, it's an Ohio company. And I don't know, I don't know Lincoln, but potentially, you know, they're so, we're so close, you mm-hmm. know, but in Omaha, and when I say Lincoln, by the way, it, I live in Omaha, uh, Luke's offices out of Lincoln, they have a branch, uh, I don't know, a mile from my office. So they do have a branch here in Omaha. But one thing about Luke, the same with Alan, when I was telling you the story about Alan coming to my office to take care of somebody that just was out of time, Luke does the same thing. Luke was down here when we're on, before this show, Luke was actually at a closing, okay, um, in Omaha. And, and, and I don't think typically you see that. I don't, I don't remember seeing that with other loan people, mortgage people. It's becoming more and more rare. Yeah especially after COVID, you know, there's not a lot of face-to-face anyway. So I think a lot of people use that as an excuse to, you know, get some quote time back in their day by not attending the closings. But for us, you know, we're really relationship based. We're a smaller institution. And so I'll take all the, if I can make somebody sit in front of me for 30 minutes, I'll take it every time I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you're number one and number two. Probably so. get a hundred million dollars in business. I mean, there's a strong positive correlation in that. So when you're looking for someone to work with. And we just don't have, 
anybody on this show. And, and you know that. I mean, um, I, don't, I don't have any other mortgage people on the show. Never have. Okay. Um, it, there's certain people in certain industries that it's almost like exclusive because we know the relationship. I, I have to know and understand. We've had, uh, I don't know, we've been involved in dozens of transactions um, throughout the years with you guys. And as just, just with Alan, just what I said when he was on, the reason we keep coming back is because they, they just go through there's not any hiccups. And when we refer a client, the client's not calling me up saying, Hey, this isn't going through or they're delayed or they said they didn't get the bank statement, but I sent it to them. I don't hear that, but I do hear it with other banks, not to knock them, but sometimes these bigger other banks and Cornhusker's not small bank, by the way, but sometimes these bigger, um, household name, national branch banks type of deal. They are just so cookie cutter and they've lost that customer experience that in front of the big. person, they're just yeah. too, too big to fail. It's like on a that? national yeah. level. It's like trying to get somebody on the phone, yes. uh, a person on the phone from, you know, Apple or, you know, Microsoft, it's not going to happen or Amazon. It's not going to happen. But uh, I really like the customer service aspect and you going to the closings. That's huge. Right. And it just, and I don't think it happens. So we appreciate that because we do send clients to you and it's our reputation on the line when we send people. And, um, you know, you know how the deal is. It's like, okay, hopefully everything goes good. And I also, I'm not sending them people. So I know their finances, right? Typically. And, uh, and if, if I don't think they're going to be a good fit, I'm not going to waste anybody's time. We want to make sure people understand before they get disappointed. I don't want to send somebody to Luke and Luke says, well, that's not going to work. You know, why did Bill, you know what I mean? And I can pretty much, I understand the process well enough to understand what works, but sometimes there's situations where the people are self-employed or they've moved or they're buying a home in Arizona and they live here. Those are things that Luke takes care of. He can do all of that. They, they, they understand, they work very closely with their underwriters and underwriters now have, have to have a tough time, right? With appraisals and everything. Yeah. And I think we're pretty fortunate again in our local market that we don't see some of the bigger national issues, but, uh, that's another benefit is the fact that all of our people are in house. So if I'm upset with my underwriter, I got to walk across the hall and duke it out with him. I'm not calling somebody in you know, another region of the country trying to have a conversation about an appraisal. So I think that's another big part of our success is just the fact that we handle all the decisions locally and we take that customer, uh, customer service aspect very seriously. Yeah. And, and I don't hear, I'm sure there's been issues with underwriting on an investment properties or our own stuff or whatever in the past on our own, but I don't hear about it. Isn't that nice though? (laughs) It's like, yeah, we say lots of bad things about Bill. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) But Bill just doesn't know. Yeah. If I don't hear about it, it's all right. And if it all goes through and everything went, say whatever you want, you know, it's it's like a good experience. Yeah. It's a good experience. Right. But it's funny. funny. You're not the first guest to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. Common theme here. Yeah. It's a common theme. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, but regardless, so, um, if you are needing assistance in the mortgage area, whether it's a refi, whether it's an investment property or a second home or a new home for yourself or whatever you're doing, uh, you know, you want to, you want to give Luke a call. Uh, Luke's going to help take care of it. He doesn't, he, he doesn't, I don't make any money off of Luke when he does any business with you that, you know, and, and the same vice versa. So I want to make sure that's, uh, that's very clear. Um, and, and that's true with many of our referral relationships that there is not a profit center, um, on the other side. And I, and that's how you know that it's, 
um, that it's genuine, I think is the proper word. Absolutely. It. And you've talked a lot about the success that, you know, I've had and Cornhusker Bank has had in the last couple of years, but I think it's the same on the other side of the table. I know you've been very successful. And the reason for that is kind of that same thing. You take your customers' needs very seriously and you put those first and make sure that, you know, you're not sending them to somebody for a mortgage because you're getting paid on it. You send your clients to somebody to get a mortgage because you know it's going to go well and they're going to have a good experience and they're going to be taken care of. Right, because it's stressful. And I mean, it's one of the most stressful purchases you can make. Not only half the time you're coming to the, the, the what are you, coming to the closing with cash, whatever they say, mm-hmm. you know, you come in with cash and, and, and more or less than you thought it was going to be. And, and you're buying this big home, you know, and it's, it's stressful on that side. And you don't know if you got all your documents in and you know, the closing's on Friday and it's, and it's coming up and it's like, it's a stressful thing. I don't know how else to say it, but it's a, in a huge important part in our opinion of, you know, of, uh, of financial planning all in, right. I mean, it's one of your, isn't it one of your biggest payments? Definitely. Yeah. It's a big part of your monthly, monthly budget. Yeah. So if you're going to have something that's eating away that much of whatever money you have coming in, it's important that's managed well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I read that, uh, housing is the number one expense in retirement, even over healthcare, which is wow. uh, surprising considering things like long-term care, but for the majority of seniors, you know, starting when they retire, it is the number one expense that they have to plan for. And so uh, I just read that in an article, uh, a survey says that right now that's the number one expense. So that is huge. And I mean, I remember you guys were talking about interest rates. My wife and I, our first home that we bought when we lived in Nashville, Tennessee for about six years, we bought a home there and we were excited to get 9.25 wow. interest rate, 9%. That's wild, nine, huh? nine and a quarter was like low at the time. We were like, man, we were so excited that we got it for under 9.5 or 9.6, which had been the going rate. So, uh, of course, now we have 2.8. Which is just like, yeah, now we're spoiled, but, but uh, seeing them creep up to five, I don't think that's a big deal. I mean, I remember I was around in the eighties when, when you're flush like with cash, like you, Tony, I mean, it might not be a big (laughs) deal, but I'll tell you what, the radio show, the co-host, the radio show co-host money is just, (laughs) I'm a wash. It's, it's, it's been a tough year, Tony. It's it's flat, (laughs) but so, so Luke. Um, if Jay Powell raises rates another two points or another point, another, another two halves, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and potentially more than some quarters after that, they're talking, we'll see what happens. But if it goes up one more point, where do you see the 30 year rates or do you, what, what do you project? That's a good question. I always try to have a, a very firm rule that I don't make projections, uh-huh. but since you invited me on your radio show, Thank we'll you. break the rule for today. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise the content is really bad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Keep in mind that uh, everything that we're seeing today has all of these projections baked in. So, you know, the Fed's talked about how much they plan to raise interest rates. That's already reflected in the 30-year mortgage pricing that we see today. Okay. So my thought process is I don't know if we can really sustain that many increases with the economy where it is. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we don't get all those increases and maybe we see rates level off a little bit. See, no, so you're, you'd be, you would be surprised if we don't see Jay Powell raise rates like he's saying he's going to, or on the banking side. I would be surprised if they raise rates as much as they think that they're going to for the rest of the year. Gotcha. If they do, do you think those rates are priced in? I do. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that would be a huge move. Yep. And in fact, our, a good way to deflect the projection question is look at our national association 
the National Mortgage Association is uh, really giving us projections of interest rates dropping back at, down into the high fours over the next couple of years. Got it. So based on where we are today and overall, I mean, that's really kind of flat, but a little bit of a decrease they see as being possible. That's great to hear, though. So I don't necessarily think even if the economy keeps going and you know Powell continues to raise rates the way that they expect, I don't know that we'll see more of a push in the mortgage rates. I kind of feel like that's already happened. Yep. And maybe we'll see some re-off, refi opportunities for people who are you know taking out a big mortgage at five and a quarter. Maybe you can get down into the high fours here in the next year or two. Right, right. Yeah, so that'd be interesting to see. I was kind of thinking maybe that we'd even see those creep up, but that's great to hear on that side. Uh, you know, and and with all the REITs buying homes and you know everything going on, those homes aren't coming back on the market. You know, so people are like, are we in this massive housing bubble like we were back in 08, 09, and even prior? I mean, my home topped off in Arizona in two thousand six. It topped off. We were like the last good sale in Circle Cross Ranch. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, seriously. And then it went from 315,000 in 2006 to like 136 at foreclosed. Wow. Right. And, and it was, things were just wow. getting, right. Things were just getting crazy. I know it's like, could have, would have done it. it would have, like, <laughs> wish I would have gone back and bought that house again because now it's yeah. it up. And plus, all plus, the neighbor's houses. And all the neighbor's houses. Right. But if you look at that era, yeah. there was tons of speculative building by the builders. Yes. And there was also a, a big push to get more people into home ownership. So we had all these different exotic loan types of stated income and uh, adjustable loans with teaser rates with negative amortization were around. It turned out long-term, those were all really bad ideas right? in combination with each other. Now you look at housing prices being a result of, you know, you do mention the REITs, but there is also just a big supply and demand issue. Everybody kind of froze the construction world back in that, you know, 2007, 2008, 2009 era, and we underbuilt for a decade. Right. And so now it's really trying to work our way out of that. So, you know, we may see a little recession. We may see a, a correction of some sort in the housing market, but I don't think it'll be anything like last time, just based on the basic supply and demand economics. Yeah, And Luke and I are not here telling, giving everybody investment advice to uh, go out and buy all the houses they possibly can. Do you want to come into my office or Luke's office to help you decide that on an individual basis? Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, Luke Mitchell with Cornhusker Bank, we appreciate all of our loyal listeners every single week tuning in. Uh, we're a high rated show here on 1110 KFAB and you can get us on Spotify and Apple and Google and all the streaming services and our website at bigomoney.com. You can Google Luke Mitchell, exactly how it sounds, Luke Mitchell, Cornhusker Bank, and you'll find all of his information there. We'd love to see you in our office, our phone number direct 402-557-6730. Again, right here in Omaha for your complimentary consultation, 557-6730 and Big O Money. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. All right, and that does it for today's episode of The Big O Money Show and our host, Bill Alt. Thank you for listening to The Big O Money Show. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Bill Altman at the Premier Advisory Group. Call 402-557-6730 or visit their website at 
P-A-R-A-D-V-I-S-O-R.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Bill Altman and the Premier Advisory Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.